um, navigated the surface of the topic. And today we just want to drill down a little bit more um, on the topic of boundaries. I want to review a slide that um, we, um, we discussed last time briefly, um, that of the Trinity. Uh, and there's a reason why uh, I'm referencing the Trinity here when we talk about our relationship and context of marriage. Because within the Trinity, there's a unity, uh, but there's also distinct personhoods. So we say God is one, but the Father is not the Son, is not the Holy Spirit. They are distinct uh, hypostasis or distinct person, and yet they are one. And so um, that's important because in, in marriage, um, we are said to be uh, one flesh, and yet there's still distinct personhood that in order for my wife and I to be one, it doesn't mean that we have to have the same opinion on everything. It doesn't mean that we um, consistently value um, all things in the same ways all the time. Um, and that's okay. Um, but boundaries become really important if you remember when we talked about boundaries, we referenced property line and we said that the property line denotes um, responsibility. Whatever is inside my house is my responsibility because it contains the things that I value, right? Like my laptop and my TV. Oh, and my wife and daughter as well. Um, but, but everything within there contains what I value, and so I have a door there to protect it. And so boundaries help us to protect what we value. Um, we also talked about the, the difference between uh, a boulder and a backpack. And we said in life, there are things that sometimes become a boulder and um, we ask people to carry it with us. And there are things that are meant to be a backpack that we carry ourselves. And we'll talk more about that. So when it comes to boundaries within relationship, my thoughts, my feelings, my desires, my attitude, my behavior, those go in my backpack. That's what I carry. That's my responsibility. Um, <clears throat> sometimes this is a problem for us, and it seems to be a perpetual problem. Because if you remember um, in the story of creation, when Adam and Eve um, sinned against God, and God was calling out to Adam, and he said, Adam, where are you? And he said, you know, I heard you calling and I hid myself. Um, that if you remember in the conversation that Adam, when confronted, said, um, the, the woman that you gave me, uh, 
gave me to eat of it and I, and I ate. And Eve said, you know, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And really, there was no, um, there was no ownership, there was no responsibility of saying, I, I've made a mistake. Um, it's obvious to me that I have made a mistake. And so there was uh, the blame of someone else um, and a sort of criticism, a uh, blame of someone else. And then there was a, there was a failed uh, repair attempt that neither of them said, you know, that now that we have done something which is really wrong, we ask for your forgiveness. We're really sorry. Uh, that really shouldn't have happened because you were clear to us that we shouldn't eat from that tree and we reached out and we did what we were not supposed to do, what we were instructed not to do. And so, <laughs> what we hope that would happen from the generations to come is that um, um, we learned from Adam and Eve that they were still um, lacking in maturity. And so they needed to develop a sense of maturity. And that's maybe um, was God's plan in send them, sending them out of the Garden of Eden. So I want to talk about this, um, this maturity uh, that's required of us. <clears throat> Sometimes you'll hear people say, you know, I met someone and I really like this person because I feel like they complete me. They complete me. You know, I'm really not good at this thing and they're really good at it. I'm really not a very social person and my, my spouse, my partner, they're, they're a social person. And so they, they complete me. And there's a problem with that because um, in marriage, we're supposed to be complementary to one another. We don't necessarily complete each other. We come to the relationship as whole individuals. And I'll talk about this whole um, holistic being um, in this sense. <laughs> Um, in the ideal world, um, if I'm going to pursue a woman in marriage, um, I should be a mature individual seeking to unite with another mature individual. Which means this, that I have the ability to connect emotionally Um, I can take initiative and I have a drive. I can say no because if I value things, I have to be able to say no to other things, right? And so if I'm in my house and there's a thief or someone coming into my door that, that is a threat, I have to say no to that and be able to close the door. Um, in a personal relationship, uh, boundaries do that. I have to be able to say no and set limits to certain things. 
I have to have minimal amount of organization that I, I'm not a person who lives in chaos and expect the other person, my spouse, to come in and help me to organize my life, help me to put myself together uh, so she can complete me, so to speak. Um, I have to be, um, I have to have the ability to be a sexual person. And so what that means is uh, in my upbringing, sexuality was not distorted to an extent that I believe sex is bad and unclean and unshameful. And then I bring that into the marital life. And so when my spouse approaches me, I feel shame. I feel a sense of um, guilt. Um, that means there's, there's, a, there's something that has to be um, reviewed, reprocessed, rehealed in terms of sexuality. I also have to be a spiritual being, uh, one who relates to God and has a relationship with God and knows how to access God. And I have to have a sense of morality. Um, relying on my spouse to tell me what's right or wrong is not a way that my spouse, quote unquote, completes me. Uh, but as an individual, I have to have a sense of what is right, what is wrong, what is evil and what is good, what is sinful and what is holy. And I have to have an intellectual life. I have to have a sense of curiosity about things. How do things come to be? Um, I have to be curious. I have to ask questions. I think this is really important because um, um, this is one of the ways that two whole people come together and they complement each other. Maybe one person has certain talents or certain gifts that they offer in the relationship and in that way they complement each other. But it's not that one person comes into the relationship um, and has no sense of um, boundaries, doesn't know when to say no, um, doesn't have curiosity about intellectual things, doesn't have a spiritual life. But my partner, my spouse, is a spiritual person. I'm sure that'll get us through. Um, <clears throat> so as a whole, as a, as a whole person, um, I am responsible for specific things in my life. I'm responsible for my words, for my feelings, for my attitude, for my behavior, for my desires, for my values. So it's often the time, uh, it's often the case that in, um, in a disagreement, if someone says something that um, is not very appropriate, not very kind, um, 
it's easy for that person to say, well, you know, if I wasn't provoked, I wouldn't have said that. You know, if I wasn't upset, if, that, if my spouse didn't do this, I wouldn't have done that. You know, um, and that really misses the mark of understanding uh, what's inside your backpack which you carry. And the most fundamental thing is your words. Your words are your responsibility. So no, nobody makes you say something bad. Nobody makes you say something rude. Uh, that is a deliberate choice that you make yourself. Um, so, in couples where maturity has not been fully cultivated, um, you can get some of this dynamic, um, which is unhealthy, we would say. The number one, which we talked about, is the compliant person, is the yes person, is the person who says yes to everything. You know, how about our in-laws come and stay with us? And maybe that's something you really don't want. Sure, let's do that. How about you take on these extra responsibilities even though you're burnt out? Sure, I'll do that. Um, by the way, the compliant person will have somatic complaints such as GI issues, headache, lower back pain. And that's almost like the body's way of saying you are not respecting your own limits, you're not respecting your own body. And uh, we talked about the compliant person a little bit last time. It's not the person who's accommodating and being generous. It's a person who's really desperately afraid of rejection and criticism um, and is unable to maintain those boundaries for those reasons. There's usually a lot of childhood stuff going on there. <laughs> and then there's the avoidant. The person who doesn't ask for help they see that their needs is really a problem and so they just go about doing whatever it is that they need because they don't really have a lot of trust that their partner or other people can be helpful to them and then of course uh, poor boundaries is expressed most thoroughly through the controller and that is someone who can be a controller through being aggressive or being manipulative and so this is something that I want to do. And my spouse says, um, says no, I really don't like this idea. Um, and I use aggression. My tone, my words, my body posture. Um, I'm going to use aggression to get what I want because I won't accept the no. Or I'll use more manipulative tactics, which is, you know, uh, I'm going to tell her my woes and how sad and how bad this, this is for me and how overwhelmed that I am with the intention of changing her mind to do what I want her to do. Um, so it's not a matter of just me being, you know, authentic and open with my feelings. It's that I want to intentionally manipulate her decision into making it align with mine. And then you have someone uh, 
poor boundaries in, in being like a non-responsive person. It's like, this is not my problem. It doesn't, it, it doesn't involve me. I don't like to get into people's business. So it's not my concern. Yeah, so someone says, your spouse says, well, I think, you know, our cousins are struggling in this way. Oh, I have boundaries. I don't get involved with other people's stuff. It's not my concern. And so um, the non-responsive person is really more, um, more self-focused, self-absorbed. And it's not really an expression of healthy, appropriate boundaries. Um, <laughs> so here's an example. I just made this up, so no, no one in particular in mind, although some of my sessions kind of reminisce this. Uh, but the, here's an example of, of poor boundaries. So uh, this is a dialogue between Susie and Bob, and Susie's upset, and so Susie approaches her husband Bob and says, you don't do anything around the house. You're so lazy, you're messy, you're irresponsible. I'm just going to donate your stuff. I'm just going to give up your stuff because I keep on telling you to pick up your stuff and you won't. You, I, you know, they'll just be gone. I'm just going to donate them. Uh, so Bob hears this and uh, Bob fires back and says, you know what? You're always criticizing me. You're so negative. I do a lot, you know. I just don't do it your way. Uh, you know, you're, you're very obsessive, you're very compulsive about how you want things and they're just not getting your way. Um, and you have to have everything your way or you're not happy. So, by the way, if you touch my stuff, I'll throw yours out too. Um, so here's a way of, uh, of anger escalating and becoming, uh, including threats and aggression. What are you noticing about uh, Susie's approach um, to her husband, Bob? What are you noticing? So she's upset. She wants him to take action. But what are you noticing about her approach? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so if you go back to the property line, Susie has left her house, she's gone into the neighbor's house, and she's like, you know what, you, you don't plant, you know, the, the thorn bush that I want here, I'll start ripping out your roses and throwing them out. That's essentially what she's doing. Uh, nowhere in here do you know what Susie is feeling, because she doesn't say anything. She's just saying, you, you, you're lazy, you're bad. Uh, and he doesn't know what Susie's feeling. So he just hears that you're bad, you're wrong, uh, he's criticized, and so he goes into the defensive. Right? No, actually, I do a lot. And by the way, if you touch my stuff, I'll, I'll throw yours out. How about that? Um, so here's what that same scenario, here's the same scenario played out in a couple that, that have healthy boundaries. 
So this is Jane and Steve. And Jane says, you know, when I'm taking care of a lot on top of the household responsibilities, um, you know, in addition to my job, I feel overwhelmed. <laughs> I feel stressed and alone. And I'd really love it if I could get help from you. So her spouse is able to see her. Uh, nowhere in this does she make a character judgment on who he is. There, there, there's no uh, attribution error here. She's not attributing to him that he's lazy, that he's not good, that he's not responsible, that he's messy. She just says, she states the facts and then she, she talks about how she feels about it. She says, hey, listen, when I take on these extra duties on top of my work, I feel burnt out, I feel overwhelmed, I really feel stressed. And then there's an invitation at the end. It'd be really lovely if I could get, if I could get your help. And Steve, because he's gone to confession a lot and he identifies himself as a sinner, like leans into it and he says, that makes sense to me. You know that simple statement, that makes sense to me? He just like really validated everything she said. He just said, yeah, that makes sense to me. But in order for you to hear that and not become defensive, you would have had to do some work on yourself. You have to see yourself as not perfect, as not a person who doesn't get it right all the time, right? Because if my wife says that, I'm like, well, what do you mean? I do a lot around here. There's an undertone here. What's going on? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Steve is a much better guy than me because I, I would have heard some criticism in there and I would have been defensive. But Steve is a beautiful, beautiful being. He says, yeah, that makes sense to me. I could see how you would feel overwhelmed. So he says, you know what? I've been focused so much on my own work. I really neglected the needs of the family. And then he does something remarkable. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I, I missed that. I didn't get that. I didn't see how much you were really, you're really hurting there. I'm really sorry. He's been to confession a lot, I can tell you. Um, I'm really sorry that I haven't helped you in the way that you needed me to and that you felt stressed and alone. Right? Um, I want to make more of an effort in this area. So uh, this doesn't solve the issue really, but it's a good, good starter. Like if this happened in a therapy session between a couple, I'd be like, oh, we're on the right track. This is fantastic. We're going, we're going on the right. This is like music to my ear. Doesn't happen often, but it's really music to my ear. Um, so he says, yeah, I want to make an effort in this area. Where is this conversation going to go? She's going to say something like, I really appreciate that you could hear me in this. You know, and he says, yeah, so like, what does an effort from me look like to you? She says, oh, you know, like if you pick up the kids from school rather than me picking them up, that would help me tremendously. And he says, yeah, you got it. I could do that. You know, I wish you would have told me earlier. I, definitely I could do that. So the conversation really begins to be collaborative, helpful. But, you know, Jane contributed to this beautiful conversation, which is she stayed away from criticizing and bashing her spouse which is kind of hard to do when you're angry. But she stuck with the facts and her own emotional experience and stayed with 
her own boundaries, her own house. This is how I feel about what's happening. And I feel stressed, overwhelmed, and I feel alone. And he stayed in his own house. I can see that some of the things that I have done have made you feel overwhelmed. I apologize. I'm sorry that I've done that. I really am. And I want to make it better. I want to do it better. Um, <laughs> so we often, I, I mentioned this last time, the serenity prayer, because um, oftentimes it's not clear what's in our, our own house that we are responsible for and what's our spouse's responsibility. And so we often need to make that distinction. What are things that we have control over to change and what are things that we just accept? You know, today my daughter didn't want to listen and it was something I just had to accept. She's not going to listen. She didn't get Orban, which was a big loss because <laughs> she had to leave early, but she chose not to listen. And that was just outside of my, that's outside of me. She's her own person and she's going to choose. I'm not listening right now. And so, okay. Yeah, it's not what I want. It's not what I prefer. But I can't do anything about that specific moment. Uh, okay. So I, I uh, mentioned to you... Um, there was a question that was brought up last time where someone said, um, how do you know if what you're being asked of is, is too much? Like, how, how do you know that? Um, and then he mentioned, uh, like in the service, let's say, you know, you're, you're working and you have a family and you're doing all this stuff and the church asks you, can you undertake this service? And you say, okay, sure. What about this one too? And you say, okay, sure. What about that one? Can you do that one too? It's like, how, when do you know to say, to say no, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, so I had suggested that St. Anthony had something really beautiful to say. And I know, I know you haven't read it. It's probably you, you haven't read it because it's actually... Uh, like in the Arabic Coptic saying, and most of the books like the Paradise of the Fathers and so on didn't translate it. I had to go to Peter Ruffler to get this. But uh, so um, I want to read it to you and then maybe we could say, uh, say a word on it and then, and then stop here. Um, it was said that some brothers were with Abba Anthony and they were discussing which virtues are best for protecting the monk from falling into traps uh, of the devils. <clears throat> Some brothers said, fasting and vigils clear the thoughts and refresh the mind, and so make it easy for a person to draw near to God. Uh, others said that humility and an asceticism distance a person from worldly matters, and so these virtues make it easy for the mind to think only of God. Others said that mercy is the most honorable of virtues. For the Lord promised those who are merciful, uh, come you that are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. So, uh, so Abba Anthony is listening to the monks talk about what is the, the greatest virtue 
to keep oneself aligned with the will of God and life uh, with God. So after they finished talking, Abba Anthony said, Indeed, all the virtues you mention are beneficial for those seeking God and wanting to draw near to Him. And then he says, <coughs> I have seen many people destroy their body through excessive fasting, vigils, and living in solitude in the wilderness and strict asceticism until they reach the point where they rid themselves of whatever they have and refuse even their daily provisions. And whatever they have, they give to charity. I saw them deviate from the right way so that all their virtues were lost and even rejected. And this is simply because they lacked discernment. Discernment is what teaches a person how to walk on the royal path and avoid the wrong way. Discernment is what teaches a person not to be deceived by the right-hand virtue or turn aside to the vice of the left hand. Discernment is the eye and the lamp of the soul in the same way that the eye is the lamp of the body. And he goes on and he gives examples. So um, what we're needing um, is to cultivate discernment uh, in order to be able to really differentiate uh, the boundaries that we have for ourselves. And, by the way, uh, boundaries are to exercise upon oneself. You hear people say, like, this person talked to me in a bad way. I have to just set boundaries and I have to make them say this and do this and do it. That's, that's trying to control someone else. And that's not what boundaries are about. Boundaries are about to attend to your own garden, to cultivate it. So it could bring forth like a beautiful, beautiful array of flowers. So boundaries are always something that you implement on yourself in context of relationship. But boundaries are not something you exercise on other people. You know, I have strong boundaries. Therefore, you are going to do this and you're not going to do that. Um, so I just want to make that kind of distinction there. I know I'm coughing a little bit. I promise you I don't have COVID. <laughs> I, I had COVID, uh, but I don't anymore. Okay. Uh, questions, comments, anything you want to share? Yes. 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 And normally it must happen. Yes. So I look to our marriage like uh, it's luck. Uh, you and your luck with other partners oh. ready for this relationship. Yeah. It will be wonderful. If you're not ready, it's yes. meant by a lot of problems and maybe yeah. frustration yeah. and yes. And uh, and it's getting more. Yes. Yes, so what you're saying is so sadly true. So you're saying, yes, I, I do agree with you. This is a very superficial and kind of shallow way of even talking about boundaries. We could really drill down and there could be a series set about this. Um, and what you're saying is 
because we don't really look into these things and we jump into marriage, that it, it becomes a, the draw of the luck. Like you can get a spouse who's really mature, who's able to be mature in all these areas of, you know, intellect and spirituality and sexuality. And, um, or you can get someone who's really undeveloped, un immature person and who goes to church a lot and seems like a, a ripe picking. Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, you didn't see his real personality, or you didn't really know what to look for. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully these discussions help just a tad bit. <laughs> okay, so anything else? Uh, feedback, comments, questions? Okay, let's pray. Through the intercession of the Holy Mother of God, St. Mary, the Holy Martyr and Apostle Paul, hear us and we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Through Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is kingdom, power, and glory 